All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to Whiskey Babble. Uh, tonight's guest is Guy. How's it going? Going great. <laughs> Whoa. 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 <laughs> Almost just had to call it Babel for a minute there. <laughs> um, tonight, our sponsor is um, audibletrial.com slash whiskeybabble. Go there for over 180,000 titles. Um, Mamuch Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, that is M-A-M-U-T-E-B-J-J.com. You guys can follow us online um, at whiskeybabble on Twitter. Facebook.com slash whiskeybabble. Uh... Whiskeybabble.com. Why do I always? You know, I always stroke out on this on our on our own. Plugs. I do the same thing. <laughs> uh, um, so I did. I did Facebook. I did the regular website. I did Instagram. Um, we don't have an Instagram. Why did I say Twitter. Instagram? Twitter. I'm sorry. Twitter. YouTube. YouTube.com slash whiskeybabble. Boom. iTunes and Stitcher. Search for Whiskey Babble and you'll find us. That's why Matt is the producer mm-hmm. and I am just the face. I do what That's, I can. But <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys, thank just you for trying tuning. to just trying to keep the ship, the ship afloat here. There we go. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in and whiskey babble. You are now tuned to whiskey babble. All right. Hey, guy, how's it going? Well, I think it's whiskey first and Babel second. There we go. <laughs> Actually, you know, I I forgot to mention this. I always Very do Very nice. <laughs> Jack Daniels Single Barrel Select is tonight's yeah. whiskey. Um, this was... Most of my whiskeys are, are bachelor presents. This was... Pat, <laughs> Pat just, Pat just uh, popped a classy beer over there. <laughs> oh, <Jesus laughs> and I was spilling all over him on the couch. Oh, my God. Awesome. Keep that it is... away from the microphone, <laughs> sorry, please. Sorry. I, uh, I didn't expect that. <laughs> Did you give me that towel? Things are getting weird. Jesus now he wants you to get him a towel? What is this? Three seconds in, the show's already falling apart. <laughs> I right? love it. This I is what happens when we have Pat on, man. I'm telling you. I know. You. I'm sorry. <laughs> Every time. Just wow. give him the chamois. Make him earn it. <laughs> that was delicious, though. <laughs> oh, the bodywork towel? Dude, that, those were our wedding presents, <laughs> man. It's like Bondo. <laughs> It builds character. Sorry, go on. So where's the goggles? <laughs> right? yeah. This is a full contact podcast. So there we go. So tonight's whiskey is this. Uh, tonight's whiskey is single barrel. Um, it's by Jack Daniels. You can drink it. It's tasty. <laughs> it's real nice. That, that was that was a bachelor present. Yeah, so good. before the podcast got started, we were having some in depth talks about. Um, Guy, now you sell um, semi-truck parts, correct? I sell heavy-duty truck transmissions. And oh, there we go. Okay, cool. Matt didn't tell me that. Now I look like an asshole. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, that's, that's all right. You find these things out when you uh, when you talk to people. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, you know, I was listening to um, I was listening to another podcast with um, Sir Ian McKellen, and he was talking about. Um, people and technology and do you know who sir ian mckellen is no i have no idea but i like technology yeah well he was he was magneto in x-men um he plays in his most recent movie he's the older sherlock holmes he's an english oh, okay. actor he was gandalf he was gandalf in, okay. in the lord of the rings yeah movies. yeah i know he's just okay so um but so he's this really well-educated well-spoken man and he was talking about technology and he was talking about how um you know when you go if you're going to meet a celebrity let's say he goes, everybody is so quick to pull out their phone and get a picture and, you know, do that. And he goes, but the people really need to be focusing on is the fact that they're in this room with the person that they care about 
and who gives a shit about a picture right focus on it you know talk to that person rather than walking up and going hey can i get a picture and taking the 30 seconds to take the picture you know what would be more meaningful that or walking up to a person and going hey how was your day oh i had a good day great i love that you had a good day and actually having a conversation with the person mm. rather than the picture it was a really interesting way to look at it and I, I never looked at it like that but selfies that's true what are you gonna do without selfies yeah man? i mean i mean <sighs> Yeah, but everybody, we're all plugged into these now. Everybody's oh, yeah. got to have it, and we we do kind of lose some of that um, human interaction, if you will. Yeah. And, and when you do meet a celebrity, it, it, the most important thing to realize is they're human beings too. Yep. And what they really want is, uh, you know, for you to act like a human being when you see them and not a monkey with a cell phone. Exactly. <laughs> no, it's true. I've, I've met some, I've met a few celebrities in my day, and um, and I find that like the best way to approach them, which is kind of my personality, is that I will just walk up, just oh hey, you know Matt, how's it going? Nice to meet you. I'm what? sorry, what were you saying? I was checking my phone. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> 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 but do you know what I mean though? But and and I feel and that gets and like when you when you when you don't walk up to him and you go um you know like oh hello like I met he's not very big anymore but back in the day when it was a skateboarder I met Mike Vallely. I don't know if any he was a he was a pro skater. He had that famous video where he got in the fight with the four guys and he kicked all their asses at once mm. at, at a skate park. Anyways, he, he used to be a pro skater. And I remember I walked right up to him and was like, Hey Mike, how's it going, man? It's like, Oh hey, how's it going? What's your name? I'm Jake, you know, blah blah blah. And like they just it's that whole like, Oh, hello, Mr. Vallely. Um, how are you doing? Right, yeah, right. And talk to them like people, you know. But anyways, so back to what I was saying. So before the podcast, we were talking many things, energy, solar panels, and then the conversation of guns came up. There it is. And this is now, Pat, I want you, because we got you guys, anybody that listens to the Rogan podcast, we have Brian Redband in the studio, ha. a.k.a. Pat. Yeah, um, I think only one person will get that joke, and that's Mike. Hey, Mike. So, <laughs> <laughs> so Pat, what was your, what were you saying about guns? Um, so, what I was saying is, um, to, to preface this, is I'm somebody who grew up around guns. My, gu my brother's a big gun person. But what I was saying is that if you could somehow magically go back in time, then I wouldn't have arms if you outlawed right, guns. You know, bear arms. <laughs> you have to got just, big arms. You yeah. just have to buy bear arms. You literally yeah. have to have a pair of bears' arms. Right. <laughs> have you seen that shirt? It says, uh, "It says uh, the right to bear arms," and it's a guy with these big bear arms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was saying, if you could, if you could magically go back in time and uninvent guns, let's just say. I would say what I was saying is that would be great in my mind, you know, because then I know that's an unpopular opinion is it's way too late to make guns go away. And it's not a good idea to try to do that because then the people who you don't want to have them will still have well, I'm them. I'm saying if you show up right now, if, if the government w went and knocked on some dude's door in the middle of fucking Texas that lives on a farm and there's nobody around for 10 miles. And somebody walked in there, knocked on his door, and said, "Oh yeah, give me all your guns." Mm, yeah, I'm pretty sure not going to work out. Pretty sure it's not going to happen like that, you yeah. know. So that's and and then you started to go into, what were you going to say about the gun? Well, what I was saying was it doesn't matter because if let's say that guns were let's say avoided in the in the invention scheme and we didn't invent guns, we would have invented something else to bash your head in with, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. and like. I th one of us was saying that uh, was it you Matt that yeah. more people are killed by baseball bats uh, or, no, no, that no that was me that was an yeah. FBI that's actually an FBI statistic for everybody out there that in domestic violence cases as it relates to guns yep um, more deaths occur in a domestic violence uh, fight 
related to like baseball bats and like like common household items hammers hammers and like probably like, cooking knives yeah, blunt objects like that, as, yeah. a, as a whole yeah over over guns yeah and that and but and but like look, you have to look at somewhere like chicago where they've outlawed guns and look at the crime rate skyrocket Skyrocket. because the criminals still have guns. Weird. You walk into certain places (laughs) in Arizona where people openly carry firearms, and guess what? No crime. Nothing happens. (laughs) Nope. You go into Prescott, Arizona, and you walk downtown, you're going to think twice about robbing that saloon because you're not going to make it out of town. So, funny story. It's the great equalizer. Well, I was driving. Unfortunately. uh, What was the the famous uh, Colt quote, um, quote from Colt? Or that famous quote about Colt where it said, God created all men and then the Colt 45 made him equal. And that was like the famous. <laughs> the great equalizer. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what they called it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know what? It, it did. But it also, the guns on the frontier, for instance, you, you had to have one. You, yeah. you had varmints and you had creatures that uh, you had to either kill or they're going to. Kill heels. You had, so, sa- you had savages. Yeah. As they refer to them. Wow, Sasquatch. Whoa, yeah. whoa, so whoa. Actually, whoa. as they refer to them, whoa. not not my opinion. Funny, funny story. We were driving to uh, Kevin. He was one of our <laughs> Kevin uh, Hamrock. He's one. He was our guest episode number two, I believe. But we were driving to his graduation. He graduated from um, U of A in Arizona, and uh, I was driving up there with his brother. And his brother's incredibly liberal. <laughs> and um, we stopped over at some gas station in the middle of Arizona to get gas and get some drinks and stuff. I think I've heard this story. Yeah. And so w- I'm in the car with his girlfriend. We're sitting in the car because he went in to go get, you know, it, actually, because you can buy individual beers. Like you can buy in Arizona, you can buy like an individual um, like bottle. No, like a Bud Light, like a canned Bud Light, like a small 12 ounce Bud really? Light. Yeah. It's weird. And um, in Texas, <laughs> in Texas, they're doing it now where there's, they just have them out in coolers and it goes, please take a beer and just pay 99 cents at the, at the register while you have a beer while you shop. Like, te- right and it, I love it. Yeah. That's so weird. I know. Right. So, um, so he comes running out of this, it was like an AM PM and he is scared <laughs> to death. Like, it looks like he just saw a ghost, right? Running out, jumps into the car, tells his girlfriend, drive, 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 drive. So she gets in, you know, she backs us up. She gets us out in a hurry. We get back on the highway and everybody's like, what the fuck? You know, what's going on? And he's like shell shocked. And we're like, what happened? And he goes, dude, there was a guy in there with a gun. And I was like, what was he doing with the gun? He goes, it was, it was holstered, but, <laughs> but he had a gun. And I was like, yeah, idiot. We're in Arizona. It's, it's like, fucking Arizona, <laughs> man. I'm like, he's allowed to. I'm like, you're going to see a lot more of it. So you don't even need a permit side. to do that. I was like, yeah, he's going to, it's going gonna to happen more often. But it was just my funny, my little story about yeah. an incident with You don't that. even need a permit for that. No, you don't. <laughs> well, one of my favorite stories is a bunch of us went out to the desert when we just turned 21 and we got out uh, somewhere around El Mirage. Uh, dry lake bed where we're going to go shooting uh, with our sawed-off shotguns and uh, other illegal <laughs> weapons. But uh, we pulled allegedly, up to this place allegedly. and big sign outside, guns, ammo, liquor. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we go, my, um, my parents have a house out in Arizona and um, there's a main highway, Highway 95. There's like three Highway 95s, but there's one that runs through Laughlin, Bullhead, and Needles. And there's a random, it's not even a random street. It's like a, it's a light, it's an actual light. And if you stop at this light and you turn, you know, if you're going south, no, if you're going north on Highway 95 and you just make a right at this light, it goes for about a mile and then it just hits a dirt road. And then if you go in another mile on that dirt road, you can shoot all you want. 
Mm-hmm. There's even signs. Hey, welcome to like, you know, BLM land, please shoot. And then there's a sign that says, um, you know, no shooting within, I think it was like 500 feet of this sign. And immediately after the sign, there's people with their little camps set up, set up yep. shooting, right? And we were out there shooting and, and sure as shit, man, uh, sheriff rolls through and all right, guys, have fun. Yeah. You know, and keep going with your life. And I was like, what? I love it out I've here. I've had that happen to me out at the shack. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sheriff rolled through just patrolling the area and we were out there shooting. He's talking to us about our guns and yeah, it was really cool. It's probably made his day. He probably doesn't see shit all day. And yeah. then he got to like talk with people and yeah. hang out. Yeah. It's man. It's, it's right there at Hodge road too. Like we were, mm-hmm. when we were driving out to um, Vegas, we, we went by Hodge road and I told my wife, I said, look, I'm like, if you turn off that road right there, I'm like the second it hits dirt, you can start shooting. Yep. And she was like, that close to the freeway? And I was like, yeah, because guess what? Like 99.9% of gun owners aren't fucking idiots. Yeah. Like they're responsible people. And For the most part. Well, that's what I mean, you know, but you know what I mean. So when we were actually driving back, um, lit off the freeway, you could see it. They had like a blue easy up and they had their whole table set up and you can see dudes leaning over it and mm-hmm. shooting. And I was like, yeah, they're right there. Yep. She's like, but they could shoot at the cars. I was like, yeah, if you want to get arrested. Yeah, but they're not going to. Yeah. Like if you want to, <laughs> if you want to like really make it known and get arrested, like then yeah, you could do that. <laughs> but, um, back to what we were saying about guns being illegal, um, in Europe, guns are outlawed. Mm-hmm. And I read a story about a year ago where this dude had like a antique shotgun on the wall Uh right is an antique passed down through his family and um for some reason who knows he happened to have shotgun shells and somebody broke into his house and he took that shotgun off the wall this antique shotgun didn't even know it would fire Hmm. put the shells in it and fired and killed the intruder (laughs) and he got arrested for owning the gun and shooting it yep I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? And that's like those stupid lawsuits where somebody falls through the roof and like cuts their leg open on your... Well, that's un- an unfortunate thing. And, yeah. and unfortunately, uh, you have to um, protect yourself. Uh, if an intruder does come into your house, you have to make sure that you kill him in your house. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The second yeah. he steps out, there's a movie called Felon. Oh, go say what you were going to say. Oh, like the story a couple years back where the guy breaks into a house to rob... And he slips and falls on the kitchen floor and cracks his head open and sued the homeowner and won. Yeah. <laughs> but there's but there's a there's an actual video called Felon, a movie called Felon, stars uh, Stephen Dorf, Dorf, and um, somebody breaks into his house and he chases the guy out of his house and the guy he chases him across the front lawn. He has a baseball bat mm. and this he was like a like a owned his own construction company, a very well known guy, lived in a nice affluent neighborhood. And the dude, as soon as the dude stepped foot on the sidewalk, he swung the bat and hit him in the head and killed him. And he ended up going to jail for manslaughter. Yep. It's, it just blows me away. Mm-hmm. It, it blows me away. I should be able to chase that fucker five miles <laughs> and beat the shit out of him. Well, you know what I mean? And, I think what we need to get to the point of is who should own guns. And I think, you know, at some point, the mentally ill have to be, let's say, better screened. Yeah. Or um, I'll agree with you on that. I totally agree with that. And we're we're both gun owners, big time gun owners. Oh, and as a responsible gun owner, I think you realize that, you know, that's a fact. The fact of the matter is we were saying we really need to take better care of Of the the mentally mentally ill. ill. I absolutely agree with that. Let's face it. The guy that that, uh, police officer that was shot in uh, Houston, Texas, you look at one picture of the perpetrator and he appears to be mentally ill from a picture in the newspaper. Mm -hmm. 
I'm sure he was on the radar screen for a lot of police agencies in the area. They probably were very well aware of this guy. But we continue to allow these people to go on without help. Mm-hmm. We were talking earlier, the state of California released, I don't know how many mental patients in the yep. 80s. When they closed and down they, the federally yeah. funded mental institutions. And they ended up out on the street. They said majority of the homeless people are mentally ill. Those and people. that's where we need to they start. They had nowhere to go. Yeah. And it, because what happens with a lot of these people is they become um, so disenfranchised and so out of touch with reality that at some point they may resort to violence when their desperation becomes um, at, at the past the breaking point. So if we can keep them from getting to that emotional point and keep them housed, let's say, I'm willing to spend money to house the mentally ill. I don't think it's uh, productive to spend money to um, try to keep people from owning guns. They're going to own guns. That's mm-hmm. all there is to it. So, 3D print them now. Yeah. yeah. Just print it in your living room. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. But the way that um, the government would like it to be would be that, oh, you know, if we, if we just keep those guns out of people's hands, these violent crimes won't happen. Uh, no, it goes deeper than that. Those social ills are... Um, there, it happens a long time before that person gets the gun in their hand and pulls the trigger. Absolutely, they've already been lost. Yep, and that—that's where we need to go as a society, I think. Yeah, and you know, one of my favorite quotes ever—I think I've said it on the show a couple of times—is from Rogan, where he said, "America has a mental health issue disguised as a gun issue." Yeah, and, oh, that's really well put. And it's a, it's a beautiful quote. I'm like, that's mm-hmm. a brilliant quote. You know what I mean? Because it's true. There's, there's, it's it's not a matter of, of the guns. And let's just even stop saying guns. Let's just say anything. Because anything. if guns didn't exist, they would find another avenue. Yeah, and they and, do. And that's what yeah. they say about like, like suicide bombers. That, that was another well. debate I heard where it's like, well, you know, this guy bombed and killed 150 people. And it's like, okay, cool. So... So it was the uh, the gunpowder's fault. It was the C4's fault. You know, no, really, it was the guy's fault. I, well, wait. Maybe they should outlaw right. bombs. Exactly. No, that's the truth. Or maybe they should outlaw cars. Like, right. like uh, was it Matt that brought... No, you brought it up. Yeah. Where you could still be mentally ill. And buy a car. And go buy a car. Yeah. I bet you I could do a hell of a lot more damage a with that 6, car. a 6,000-pound weapon. Yeah, than I could with a gun. <laughs> I bet you a million dollars I could do it. Do and you guys remember the guy that stole the tank down in Oh, San yeah. Diego? Yeah. I don't remember yeah. that. Yeah. That, was, yeah. Yeah. that, was, that was back in the early 90s, that, wasn't it? You know, it was quite a story. And, yeah. and it stole was, a tank? You know, it was <laughs> so much better than... Everything the, you hope. <laughs> he stole it off of uh, off of Pendleton, didn't he? Uh, one of the bases in Navy. Yeah, he, he stole what? it from he a He ran over cars. What idiot the key in the, t- in the Hauser. Like, <laughs> what idiot was it? I mean, it? you know, you, you come home and you and you go, and, 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 you know, I'll come home sometimes, my wife will be, oh my gosh, there's a car chase, on the, oh, and it goes on and on and on. That guy, at least, you know, he gave us some I entertainment. Mean, he, that he was television through right a motorhome. Yeah. Like, through it. <laughs> That's right. Like, and over cars, over, crushed over cars. Six of them in a row. That was awesome. And I don't think he hurt anybody, right? Like, he didn't hit any people, uh, right? I, I don't, don't think, think I don't know. so. It was worth... You know what? Even if we had to sacrifice a body for that entertainment, it was almost <laughs> worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I forget how they finally took him out. I, I don't remember. They threw uh, tear gas in the lid. 
Was, was that it what tear it was? gas? They, threw, it they opened gas. up the hatch and tossed tear gas <laughs> and it ran away. Good move. The guy had 80 level sneak and he just like got up there and just uh, boop. <laughs> How are we going to stop this? Right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure that somebody was watching this at what later became Rockstar Video Games was like, this gives me a great idea for a video <laughs> game. <laughs> right? Four years later, here's yeah, Grand Theft Auto. Well, it, reminds no, me of the, it reminds me of the North Hollywood shootout. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. When that dude had like was literally crazy. like 200 or 300 extra pounds of body armor yeah. well, the only yeah. thing he, he didn't just, the only thing he didn't armor was his ankles yeah that's, that's how they, they took him out him. dude that's wow. mind-blowing to me that's how they took him out didn't uh, the, the police officer that shot him too was like shot him from underneath, underneath was the injured, car was injured yeah. and laying yeah. shot him in the legs and, mm-hmm. he, and he walked by the car only thing that stopped him wow but you know what that police work was pretty phenomenal what those guys did they're not and trained for that I, no I, no that was all on the fly yeah, and they like, improvised like the tank thing like damn it this wasn't in the manual yeah <laughs> I did just I one did day tra- before retirement I don't have the training for this <laughs> sorry I know how to take down a minority but I can't do shit about a tank <laughs> that was really drilled into me hard damn it I, I skipped tank day at the <laughs> academy one day I missed <laughs> It's <laughs> crazy, it. man. I love it. Um, so tell me about uh, tell me about your life. I'm actually really interested by you. You're you're a very uh, fascinating very person. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You are right about. <laughs> Let me hear about uh, your I life. Was, I was born and raised in uh, Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, there you go, uh, Southie or what? No, actually, just south of Southie, oh, okay. Ro- Roslindale. Really Southie. <laughs> Ros- Roslindale is now uh, it, it, they've uh, glorified it and uh, they they market it as Roslindale Heights or something. Like that. But Ooh, it was a little classy. We were Rosie rats. Crazy <laughs> story. Um, I actually today I watched um the People versus Whitey Bulger that documentary. Oh, Whitey Bulger. Yeah. I watched the whole documentary today because it was my day off. I yeah. Mean. So um, that was a crazy story, man. Well, you were uh, growing up in that, right? Or when did you? Well, actually, no. I, I, I it, that all happened around the time uh, I was a kid and growing up. Uh, Whitey Bulger, of course, his brother um, was the uh, uh, the district attorney yep. of the state of Massachusetts. Did you see and The Departed, Matt? The Departed no. is about Whitey Bulger. The whole movie is about Whitey Bulger. Okay. Jack Nicholson. Whitey, Whitey was a clever dude, and um, he found out that, uh, much like I did, I moved out to Southern California when I was 14 years old. My parents had separated, and then... Um, uh, reunited when I was 14 years old and hmm. I thought I'd died and gone to heaven uh, there was no snow here where uh, you could play baseball all year round and it was always sunny and it was great <laughs> surf. Kind of comparison. any day of the week but Whitey found out that he could come out here and basically blend into this mega metropolis in Southern California and become anonymous and he did yeah. and he did it very well um you know, it's uh, it's an amazing uh, story. He's uh, a horrifying criminal who, it, uh, in one way, um, he's a bit of a folk hero in Massachusetts to a lot of people. He was like a Robin Hood type like figure. Except he was really a lot more ruthless. He would, he had, if you looked at him funny, he'd shoot you in the face. A lot he of just, people, oh, wow. he a just lot of like people no, no remorse, but. He was working with the FBI. He was an FBI. He was this mob boss that Mm -hmm. was an informant for the FBI. He's in in jail right now, and he's hoping for his day in court where he can rat them all out. Yep. Because he knows that he was, and he was kind of set up, I suppose. But he set up every other 
he's he really screwed over the Italians in the North End, and <laughs> everything was their fault. And he turned not everybody into the FBI that he could. He worked good for the FBI. They got their arrest, but uh, turns out his gangs were much uh, worse than. The guys who we put putting away. There's a so, new, um, yeah, the an new, uh, what's his name? Um, Johnny Depp. The new Johnny Depp movie, he plays Whitey Bulger. Oh, okay. I think it's called Whitey or something, and yeah, he plays him. But he, yeah, he was just horrific, dude. Hmm. Yeah. What'd you say to me? Boom, dead. <laughs> All right, go on with my life. It never happened. Like, it was a trip, dude. But yeah, so then, okay, so 14, moved back to California. Yeah, I moved out here to California. Southern uh, California? What city? Southern California, North Long Beach. Okay. Went to uh, Hamilton Junior High and then to Jordan High School and played baseball and football there and uh, uh, really had a great time. Uh, Enjoyed it uh, immensely. I'd I'd gone to an all-boys prep school uh, in Boston for two years. I'd won a scholarship. I went to an all-boy high school. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I came out here and went to a public school, and it was <laughs> a real eye-opener. Uh, my, my experience was a real eye-opener, too. <laughs> You'd be amazed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we all have our experiences, that's yeah. for sure. <laughs> so went to high school, um, do college? Or? I went to a couple of, uh, I went to uh, Long Beach City College long enough to uh, stay out of the draft, and uh, uh, my uh, <laughs> my lottery number came up. Uh, it was all right, and and then uh, basically uh, my father gave me the ultimatum: either play baseball or go to school and uh, be serious about it, or go to work. And uh, well, I had to look at my schedule, and the counselors at Long Beach City College you want decided more? that uh, certainly okay uh, five uh, five uh, classes a day of uh, physical education and. <laughs> and one class of public speaking wasn't going to be enough. Uh, <laughs> to, to I had to declare a, a major. I, what? <laughs> a major? But uh, at that point, uh, I decided to go to work and uh, went to work in the truck parts industry. And I've been working there for 43 years. Nice. And what... what um I mean, what made you want to work with, like, truck parts? Did you... What happened was uh, I actually... Uh, uh, became a Teamster. Okay. And uh, worked to work for a parts warehouse. And uh, I was a parts driver for a couple of years. I used to drive up to Los Angeles and uh, beyond. And I uh, liked being out on the road. Uh, a few years later, I went to work for Mack Trucks in Los Angeles. I worked for Mack Trucks for 15 years. And then I've worked for the company that I worked for for the last 25 years. Yeah, my uncle worked for Peterbilt. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I'd say I sell a lot of stuff to Peterbilt dealers, and interesting. Really, uh, yeah, it is interesting. The whole trucking industry's changed immensely because of the CARB regulations here in California that have uh, actually put a lot of people out of business. Yeah, I'm sure. It's crazy because you look at, um, at where I work. We offer like decarb services. And it's crazy because people from other states kind of freak out about it, but we put so much shit in our gasoline here. It's not only the gasoline, it's the contraptions that they're putting on diesel uh, engines now to uh, achieve uh, the cleanest air that can be had in the solar system, I suppose. Uh, (laughs) In 2004, the, the emissions coming out of a Peterbilt 
um, the air coming out of the tailpipe was cle- cleaner than the air going into the intake. Mm-hmm. So in a way, you had uh, all these trucks that uh, the uh, the Peterbilt Packard uh, had invested big money into engine technologies. Cummins, Detroit Diesel, Caterpillar were all on board, and they had created uh, some very efficient machines. And then California Air Resources Board decided that it still wasn't clean enough. Because, because why would it be? They, yeah, because <laughs> I'm not sure. But Made too much sense. Yeah. But, but what's happened now is California. Uh, Caterpillar doesn't produce uh, a commercial truck engine anymore. Detroit Diesel's been bought by Mercedes-Benz and basically put out of business. The only compliant engine manufacturers now seem to be Benz with their Freightliners and uh, Volvo. And American manufacturer, the only one left is Cummins. And they're having a hell of a time with warranty issues and... I hope they survive. Hmm. But we're in a position now in our industry where, for the first time, people really can no longer rebuild their Peterbilts. Um, they're, not, they're deemed non-compliant after eight or ten years, and the truck can no longer be operated in California. So fleet owners are forced to buy new equipment. And that's the I think that's the whole science behind it, too, because, for example— I drive a Prius and I'm sorry. I love my car. And, um, (laughs) and, uh, they're saying that one of the big things about, you know, these new cars coming out, most of the new cars coming out is like, you can't do a lot of the work on them. You've got to go to a dealer. Yeah. It's got to be plugged in. And the only way to troubleshoot this, the remarkable thing about this is now happening in the trucking industry. And what is remarkable is that, when a truck would break down eh, 15, 20 years ago, it was a mechanical failure. Now it's an electronic failure. And more often than not, when they plug your um, your vehicle into the um, laptop or uh, troubleshooting device, it comes up, the code comes up that it's a sending unit or a wiring loom yep. or a loose connection. Emissions. And there's nothing mechanically wrong with the vehicle. It's all electronic. So... Dealers now didn't put the gas cap tight enough, <laughs> that, and that is, actually that's one of the problems. I, with I work vehicles. for a dealer, yeah. So <laughs> yeah, no, that's one of those things. We get we get if we get a check engine light that comes in, the first thing we do is look at the gas cap and just tighten it for them. And if it clicks, you go, okay, cool. Drive around for a couple of days, you're fine. And they're just like, what? They do. I just I just you don't it. reset the light for them. You have to plug it in. It has to get written up to, to reset a I check guess, engine light. I guess so. So, yeah. so do you want to pay? Do you want? I'm sorry, sir. Do you want to pay 150 dollars? You just want to drive? No, sir. I'm asking you a question. <laughs> do you want to pay 150 dollars? You just want to leave? I'll just leave. Okay, cool. Have a great day. Thank you. Here's a fun fact for you. Thank you, customer. You just you were a prime example of a customer right there. Thank you. <laughs> when you uh, when you drive, well, south, I would reset it myself, so I'm not a prime example of a customer. <laughs> Try doing it on a 2015 Prius. <laughs> OBD two. You can buy a. That's a maintenance light. You can. You said check engine light. Yeah, but that OBD resets maintenance lights. Which a check engine light is a maintenance light. No, a plain a, a maintenance light like a maintenance required light. Pat no, I'm agreeing with you. It's a maintenance light. You're not listening. Kind of. I'm sorry. I'm in an argument with somebody on the internet. No. Oh. No. What I'm saying, <laughs> I'm agreeing with you. It's a maintenance light, but it, that OBD, at least for the company I work for, only resets 
the maintenance required light. It doesn't reset any other lights. No, I can reset the check engine light in my truck with, with an OBD2 plug. Okay. That must be for your truck, though. For the company I work for, that's not it's the a, case. It's a standard, isn't it? Oh, I mean, it's changed because I don't know. I don't think they're up to OBD3 yet, right? They're kind of at a weird in-between level where you used to be able to just unplug your battery for a while. Well, no, if you buy the $45 code reader from, yeah, from AutoZone, you can reset your check engine light. Yeah, but not on every car. Well, most cars. I think so. I, I know on my car you can't. Hmm. Like, e- even like an airbag light, even well, if you yeah. fix whatever the issue is, or like all that stuff, it, it all has to be hmm. uh, reset. But some cars, they still, from what, I, from what I understand, I don't have a ton of new car experience, but from what I understand, some cars you can still just unhook the battery and leave it way overnight, hook it back up, and it'll kind of start over. But um, or you just drive it around for a day or two and shut the fuck up and it yeah, goes away. That's like, pretty I much every car. <laughs> yeah, if you fix the issue, ninety nine percent of cars, if you drive it for a little while and you fixed it, it'll turn off. Mm-hmm. Some cars won't, but I don't know. <laughs> I couldn't give you a list or anything. Toyota is just releasing the Mirai, the hydrogen car. Ooh. Oh, nice! It's about time. I've been hearing about that for years. Tustin and Orange, I think, are the dealers around here that are allowed to. They're only doing 15 dealers nationwide, and um, I can't wait until two the of them go are within <laughs> six miles from each other. The two, the two largest <laughs> dealers in the United States. <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? They're, I mean, um, I think Tustin was number one last year in the entire United States for dealership sales. Mm-hmm. So they, and they're the most like advanced dealership on the market. I don't, I don't know anything. I'm just guessing. Um, <laughs> but and then Toyota of Orange was the second largest. I, I don't even, maybe Tustin can't even release them. Maybe it's just Toyota of Orange. Hmm. Um, I know because the, I mean, from a marketing standpoint, that seems kind of bass backwards to me. To yeah, do well, it, to do it so close to each but other. But look at how many people are. Look at how many dealerships no, I, though are. No, that. I get it, but like it would make sense to do like Orange County and then like Los Angeles instead of you know. But they're right, also their neighbors. They're also releasing though based on where Toyota is going to build the hydrogen stations too. And Orange County is getting most of the hydrogen stations. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's a depleted, a full tank will get you 200 miles. It takes five minutes to fill up a depleted tank. And um, I just read a whole fact on it. And they're 50, they start at 55,000. Hmm. And um, they're only being sold right now to like pre approved select people. So you can't just go on, walk on the dealer and buy one right now. You got to be on the list at least. Oh, that's interesting. For now, but I wonder what the qualifications are. You can't be Iranian. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you have to love the smell of your own fart. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know how they. I think I think they just did like a a thing where you could just submit and then they just pick the first like like a lottery system. Yeah, like X amount of people who wanted one and who could afford yeah, one. You know, you know what I know. It's just like the gun thing, right? Yeah. You get it into the hands of humans, and what are we gonna do with it? Kill I'm people. Fuck with it. Yep. Well, <laughs> you know what? Hey, I think we can make this thing go faster. Uh, you know, if we take this uh, cell and we pinch the end of it, it'll like explode. Watch this, right? Well, That's there's that one. Uh, there's that one I told you about, where that electrical engineer he bought a uh, he bought a um, a Camry hybrid and is throwing the check engine light. So he took it to the dealer and they told him he needed a new battery and it was going to be $3,500 for the hybrid battery, right? Warranty, right? No, not, not on the, it was like, it was no. like barely oh. out of his warranty. Right? Yeah, it was, it was like the warranty on the batteries is 10 years, 150,000 miles. So I think he was at like 158,000 or something huh. and good luck. You're done. So, um, he, 
was like I said, he was an electrical engineer. So he ended up dropping the battery, mm-hmm. and he and just cleaned all the terminals or something. He did sure. something really simple. Yeah, put it back in. Check engine lights Bingo. gone. Car runs fine. Yeah. Boom. He's like, there you go. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Funny thing with battery technology. That's a lot of it. Doesn't matter if it's lead acid or ion. You know, whatever. It, Clean it. Well, there's that. <laughs> well, yeah, but there's that. Um, there's that GoFundMe thing going, or not GoFundMe. Um, um, Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. For that battery. Have you seen that battery clip mm-hmm. thing that they're selling now? Mm-mm. So, they're saying that when your battery dies or whatever on your remote control for your TV, that it, you've only used, they say, like something like forty percent of that battery. Mm-hmm. But the way the batteries are designed, you know, it's so it, many cycles. It reads as dead or whatever. So this guy created this thing. Um, out of whatever metal. He hasn't released what metal it is. Mm. It's some special metal. And you put it on the battery on the ends, and then you put it back in the remote control, and it gives you that last 60%. And, mm. it, and, and it's supposed to be a way to like save hundreds of dollars if you use a lot of batteries. And this thing is only like two bucks to buy from him. And, mm. you, and you put it on, and it saves your batteries for you know, years. The, there's a number of precious, or what do they call them, rare earth metals um, that we haven't even... Nope fooled with now i think elon musk and tesla are fooling with them and you know they're right on the edge of creating a terrific new battery technology not only for their automobiles but like we were talking about as as home storage yeah. units mm-hmm. that's going to be revolutionary and it's going to really it's going to take the world uh, by storm mm-hmm. yep. because you're going to have people that are in remote areas that are going to feel confident that they can power their home with this. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wait, I, I mean, you can $3,500 ago. Fully operate off the grid. Yeah. Solar that's, what that's what they're scared about, though. That's what they're scared about. Is That's what I the know. government's scared about, at least. Everybody just kind of Solar during the, the day, grid. charges the battery, and powers your equipment during the day, and then battery at night. You know what? It, it is a scary thing, and I, um, I think Musk is one of those um, minds that come around uh, once every few generations. Tesla. Um, I yeah, he well, um, well Nikola Tesla. That's along, Nikola yeah, Tesla. Along the same, not the brand, yeah. the, the actual guy. <laughs> along the same road, though. Yeah. Along the same kind of um, mental uh, capacity. He's not going to take no for an answer, and and if he hears no, he's going to go and find out how he can do it. And exactly, he will. Mm-hmm. They were saying that Tesla, um, that documentary that I told you to watch. Um, the one about the aliens. Ask me if I watched it. You didn't. Okay. Um, it was the one of <laughs> Sirius. It's called Sirius. S-I-R-I-U-S. Like it's, the star. Yeah, it's on Netflix. I also strongly recommend it. But it's about this also dude radio, yes. that's that's actually figured out how to like communicate. He's a brilliant doctor. And he's figured out how to communicate through extra like like dimensions with aliens and he'll set up cameras where he's at high definition no bullshit blurry pictures and he'll get these crafts in the air that he's communicated with i strongly recommend to watch it and he's on this mm. whole I, what all right it's okay, interesting yeah. dude so he's got this whole um he's under this impression that like aliens operate in another dimension they operate in like the fourth dimension so we could have aliens in this room right now but since they're not in we our do. dimension, well, yeah, but <laughs> but but you know what I mean though that that we can't see them and and we can't comprehend them because he's under the impression that human beings, what's the what's the fastest speed 
right now? Light. Light, right? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna oh. redirect this. Okay. Go. Can I can I just yes, take please. this put right in? I'm just ta- I'm just bullshitting, so you can say whatever you want. Shoot me okay, down. Okay, well care. I'm gonna tell you what I believe. Yeah, let's hear it. I believe that there are no aliens. Okay. We are um we are all part of an infinite universe. I said with, that on a couple podcasts ago. With infinite possibilities. Uh, aliens that look like us and act like us, mm, probably not. But I do believe that there are beings that um, don't share the same physical characteristics with us, but on a spiritual level are among us. I think a lot of people mistake them and call them aliens. They're not alien at all. They're part of our spiritual world. And we're influenced by them whether we know it or not. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think they've had um, experiences with um, extraterrestrials or whatever. It's not. It's that for a moment they were connected spiritually to another spiritual being. I know this sounds insane. No, I'm going <laughs> to agree with you because in the same documentary, he mentions that he has an idea that there is a... Um, there's a universal a universal consciousness, right? That everybody acts on a universal this universal um, mindset, and that some cultures or races or whatever you want to call them in other parts of the universe have just are a little bit more farther ahead in this consciousness than we are. They're called Buddhists. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> say that too. But that, I, I believe. But I believe. everything that he's basically saying that what. What we're doing, this this laptop in front of me, right? Mm-hmm. This laptop has been invented somewhere else, somewhere before, could have been 10 million years ago. We're just at that collective consciousness now to where we're getting to that point to where we can comprehend it and make it now. We're not even close. Yeah. We are stuck on this, uh, on this planet, and as human beings, our understanding of such things is grossly limited. Yep. People like Elon Musk... And and Tesla and Edison, Franklin and Jefferson and Galileo and Socrates and Plato, all were able to think outside of the box, and they were actually able to put a lot of their ideas down on paper, and some of the ideas seem insane at the time, but in Galileo's time. He was a little bit crazy. He was excommunicated from the church for his beliefs. Yep. Mm-hmm. The Catholic Church sure, you didn't, didn't want anything round. to do with this madman. <laughs> Gravity, F off. Oh, he's <laughs> but, Shit falls because it's but, heavy. But look at right? <laughs> Well, now, you know, that's where it gets really interesting. And, and now even the theory of gravity is being challenged. Big time. Because... Is it really gravity or is it the pressure of space that pushes us onto the planet and keeps us here? Stephen Hawking just released a brand new. That's what it, I, that's where I, had, I this read week, this. a brand new um, theory yeah. about black hole like science. And, and, and we we never understood it. And it, it's it's it comes back to what's a greater thing, total everything or total nothing? Well, total nothing is a black hole total everything is the light that we can see 
they're yin and yang. Mm -hmm. They're polar opposites, and they are what makes the universe go round. We are, um, you know, we're grounded here on Earth, and we understand good and evil. We understand dark and light. But there's far more forces that we really don't understand right below our own feet. The heavy metals that you talk about, the heavy metals that make a product yep. like this, uh, uh, the, the rare earth metals, we still don't really have a handle on it. And they're of this earth. Huh? We can't even understand the dynamics of what's going on on earth. Hmm. Really? And we're going to go to Mars? What's going to figure... We need to figure out what... I mean, I'm sure that there's still precious metals and heavy metals and things in the bottom of the ocean that we have. Absolutely. Animals that we haven't even found. And that's and that's always been kind of my... I kind of... With you, that's been my, you know, whole thought process. Like, wh who gives a shit about the moon? The only reason we went to the moon is because Russia was doing it. That's the only reason we cared about it. And that's why we had to beat Russia to get to the moon. Now, we haven't been back because we don't care anymore. It's, we exactly. did it. We did it. You know, it. Um, it, it's interesting because... One of the, two of the greatest political bluffs in my lifetime, the first one being absolutely by far the greatest poli political bluff of all times, was Ronald Reagan bluffing uh, the, the Soviets into believing that we actually had a Star Wars initiative and a Star Wars defense system mm -hmm. in place and we'll wipe you out. Yep. Mm -hmm. What an acting job, which just goes to show you that an actor is president, eh, not such a bad choice. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> in, I, in those I, times, <laughs> it worked well. It worked well. And, and, and before that, it was the Russians who had convinced our defense community that they were going to set a military base up on the moon and be able to attack us from there. That's what drove us. Mm. And when we got there, we realized, hey, you really can't fire much from here, and it's not going to be very accurate if we do. They meant that big thing down there. Yeah, yeah that, that big yeah. thing hit it. There you go. go ahead and hit it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, and I think that I think we're going to find some shit deep in the ocean. Oh, big time. Be because, like, like I've said before, there's another theory out there that the world, like nature or anything, is constantly recreating itself. So, Absolutely. so there could have been a society way more advanced than us that's already been completely wiped out and we just haven't found anything about it yet. And that's... I think we're starting to find the yeah. clues to those things. And absolutely, there's been civilizations that were far advanced. Uh, like the whole Atlantis concept? Yeah, yeah, something like exactly. that. Yeah. But like, look at, what is it, Gibo Tekle or whatever. I, can't, I always can't pronounce it right. Um, yeah, Dubious told us about it. Um, Gib Gibliotheque, 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 whatever. Anyways, yeah. we found they found this city, and there's drawings. It's a city. It's mm -hmm. the oldest city in, on the planet that we found so far, and it's got drawings, and the drawings are of the people and the dinosaurs. That's how old this drawing is. They lived with dinosaurs. They experienced that. And it's Jurassic Park. Then. Basically, yeah, oh, okay. except, yeah, yeah, <laughs> except in the park. Except when you go to Disneyland, the Pirates of the Caribbean don't try to kill you. The <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, Jurassic Park reference. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, so it's so that's the and that's the whole you know mind frame of we just found this society. Mm -hmm. Who knows what else is you know who knows if the ocean wasn't empty five million years ago? I know they have conjecture, 
well, five million years ago, 10 billion years ago. I know they have conjecture and they can say, well, you know, according to the cycles of the earth, blah, 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 blah. But, but who really knows? You can't because it's science. That's what science is, right? Yeah. It's very interesting, too, because uh, uh, societies and civilizations have destroyed other societies and civilizations to the point where there's no record of them. Mm-hmm. Nope. They annihilated them. The, winner, the winners write history. Yeah. The winner, yep. your history book that you read. That's why I don't agree with a lot of the education. I just actually got in an argument with that with Kevin last night where Kevin was talking about education and he goes, well, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but why should I give a shit about fractions and the, the, Pythag- the Pythagorean theorem? I'm like, I don't use that. It has no effect on me. So why are they fucking teaching me this shit? You know what I mean? And we because some people do use no, it. some people do. Good. Let them sign up for a class where they take it and they learn it. But for me, I just sat there and st- and hated school. I hated school because I was being taught stuff that I didn't want to learn. Yeah, and, yeah, and that, I know. And you know what? That's a real tough one right there because um, you know it, it's tough for the teachers and it's tough for the educational because let's face it. You know, if you're not into numbers and, you know, the math classes really don't do much for no. you. But we all do have to have a basic understanding of, you know, how it Teach me addition works. and subtraction. I use that all day. I've never used a fraction you since, don't. I, gra- since you don't. I graduated high school. You got a computer. Exactly. Thank you. You use fractions all the time. Yeah, that's right. You do. Anytime you do division, it's a fraction. That's right. Tell, me the, last time, t- tell me the last time I divided something. I'll tell you. Because I couldn't tell you. Well, <laughs> what, what, what happens to you on Sunday morning? You only have so much uh, pancake mix left. You only can make 22 pancakes, and there's 80. How many pancakes? Yeah, do you, you cook, Jake? Uh, I do. I just throw the shit on the stove and <laughs> hope, it, hope it turns out good. Oh, I don't okay. I don't ask my wife if I measure. She measures. I don't measure shit. I pour on it. Oh, that looks good. And then I swear to God, dude, I, I don't measure. I don't. I'll, I'll give you that, though. I do use fractions when I'm figuring out finances yeah, and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, you better. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But when's the last time I used A squared plus B squared equals C squared? What's scary for me and what's really difficult is, okay, you got a measuring cup. On one side, it says two cups. On the other side, it says 500 milliliters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes that metric thing's not bad. You know, you got a four to one uh, measure or something. Yeah, 100 and 400, that's 500. <laughs> uh, then you got to, on the cup side, you have to use the fractions. Mm-hmm. So someone who doesn't like to use fractions like yourself, he's just used uh, the, uh, the, milliliters. the, the Then I got to learn that damn milliliter <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the metric system. But it's 100 and 400. The metric system is fantastic. Mm. It is. I huh? love the. Ma- I, the it I is. use it. That's what any kind simple. of engineering is all metric. Oh, why did we fight it so long? Right. <laughs> I, don't I did. It. I mean, I my. It just makes so much more sense. Well, you know, it's funny when you talk about the metric system because my my father in law he'll tell me like, oh yeah, you need this, this, and this, and it's all in metric, and I'm like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking? Like, like for my because my for my 3D printer. Right, he'll right. be like, "Oh, this needs to be leveled at, um, you know, at least five millimeters." Mm-hmm. I'm like, five mi- What is that? Like a quarter of an inch? How big is five millimeters?" <laughs> and he'll be like, "No." <laughs> kind of look at me. So then I had to actually go buy, like, um, like a, a metric ruler type of deal, so I could actually measure stuff now in metric because everything online too yep. for 3D printers, well, it's all metric. Anything scientific is 
metric system. Yeah, it has to be. When I worked uh, for Mack Trucks years ago, it was always kind of funny because uh, everyone in the else in the industry pack car, Peterbilt, mm. uh, Kenworth, they would all use, uh, let's say, a 5 ace bolt. Well, Mack would use a 43 <laughs> and it had to be special made. Oh, a left hand thread. Right. And it was like, what? What? What size is it? 4364. <laughs> they do it. And, and, it, and people say, why do they do it like that? I said, so you have to call me. Yep. Because who else sells a 4364 left hand turn? And like on a Peterbilt, if. You know, the dealer's out of that bolt. If you call up a fastener company, have you got any 5 eighths by 4 grade 8 bolts? Yeah, sure. You got any 4360? What? Nah, they don't make that. Don't <laughs> That's not do. a thing. I have it right here. <laughs> no, I'm holding it in my hand. I'm yep. pretty sure they do. Uh, well, <laughs> just did it to, to mess with people. 11 sixteenths, you know. Just, come on. So back to the consciousness thing. Um, what I was saying to Matt was, yeah, he's under this, um, the doctor that does the documentary, which, watch it. I, I can't really do it justice by talking about it, because I'm not him, and I watched it twice, and I don't know, you know, the whole science behind it. But he does talk about how he believes that these these beings that are from other planets or other worlds or whatever, that they've discovered a way, because the, the human beings can only comprehend the fastest speed is the speed of light. And we can't comprehend what's beyond the speed of light. Mm-hmm. But these people or races or whatever, um, beings, have discovered what's past the speed of light. And that's what puts them ahead of us. And that's why we're so amazed when we see, we hear about, you know, oh, um, this saucer was here and then it, this flying saucer was here and then this flying saucer disappeared. Right? Mm-hmm. Because we don't understand the speed of light. That we don't understand that it pro- it could probably move faster than the speed of light, which is out of like the human spectrum of thought. Right. And now we're just like, uh, uh. Just, it's really interesting. Just if you want to something interesting to watch late night you know last night i was trying to go to sleep at 11 30 and i ended up putting on the patriot and not falling asleep until you know <laughs> three in the morning <laughs> three in the morning when the patriot was over yeah. so it's, it's something like that it's just something to watch and just kind of learn and the dude's been on rogan he did a podcast with him i actually went back and found it and listened to it and you'll never guess who turned me on to it taylor esling <laughs> really yeah taylor's like if you watch the serious documentary and it was in my queue and I'm like, no, I haven't watched it yet. And he's like, you need... So he came over one night and we watched it. And I was huh. just like... Because he goes into like government projects where Tesla had actually invented this um, this thing. And it was about the size of this table, but rounded. And it had individual ba- uh, magnet cells. Mm-hmm. And the magnets would rotate. And they'd all rotate opposite way of each other. And it was a way to create infinite energy. Because the magnets would just go. And how all of his plans were destroyed. And the government destroyed it. And everything, and then like 20 years later, 30 years later, after it was all destroyed, this other guy who knew nothing about it had created the exact same thing, because that's like the human, the way it works. It is the way it works, and then um, you know the laws of physics are such that um, those efforts can be duplicated, and they are all the time. There's um, there's a number of devices that are out there that. Um, you know, perpetual motion machine, but we're we're on the edge of that. Yeah. I mean that that's going to pop here pretty mm-hmm. quick, and once it does, I think um, we're going to find that um, our government will probably be scared shitless of it and try to regulate it in some way or another. But you know what Americans are good at is um, finding 
devices like that and some entrepreneur will find a way to mass produce it and mm-hmm. put it in the hands of everyday Joes. Well, that's that was the whole thing with the 3D printers. They're saying that, you know, in the 70s, 3D printers existed, but they were $50,000 in the size of this room. Now you can get them for 2.99 and uh-huh. you know, they easily fit on this table it's all day. It's unbelievable. And that's that was the whole like um, you know necessity is the mother of invention where that guy that we were talking about a few episodes back actually used his three D printer to make gu- make a gun and yeah. and he built a functioning gun and guess guess who came in and shut him down you know the government and now I fully believe and this video that serious documentary talks about it where there's guys that have built things and the government's come in and said it's mine now thank you yep and just and just left. And and t- and said, don't you ever talk about this, or you're going to jail for the That's rest like, of your life. Um, the carburetor from the '50s. Somebody invented like a wildly efficient carburetor that got 50 or 60 miles to the gallon. I've never heard of that. You haven't. I think no. you mentioned brother this knows before. The story. I, th- I think uh, you mentioned this before, so, Matt. Somebody and no, and no, General Motors is the culprit in that one. They bought yeah, the General company. Motors bought the patent for it and destroyed all the plans. <laughs> yeah, because it basically would have put. Them out but of why didn't they use it? Was it, cheaper. Though. it was well because it, it would put the oil companies out of business. It was de- uh, yeah, it was cheaper than just General Motors. There was uh, there was a lot of players uh, that were going to be affected. Nowadays, um, you know, we're finding. I mean, we're in a position now where you've got the hydrogen car, you've got options, Volkswagen Passat, the turbo direct injected uh, diesel. That thing's 45 miles to the gallon. Clean burning diesel technology. Yep. Very efficient power plant. Um, you got the, the Nissan has the Versa, which is really efficient. The Sentra. Toyota has uh, the Yaris. They're all better than, no offense to your Prius, but they're all better for you than a, than a, than a hybrid vehicle. They're efficient as hell. They get close to 40 miles to the gallon, and they're serviceable. And they're all out there. I think we're going to see within the next few years, you're going to see 50, 60 miles to the gallon easily. Direct injection, high-pressure injection is also much more efficient, and electronic injecting controls. we're, We're at a point now where... I think pretty soon the internal combustion engine's going to be obsolete. Yep. It's amazing that they're still in automobiles when you think about it. Uh, here we're still running around in, you know, back in the turn of the Bombs. other century. <laughs> uh, Durier, who was a, a, a manufacturer of electric automobiles at the turn of the 19th century, would his um, whole marketing plan was to scare people out of gasoline-powered engines. Why would you subject yourself to this explosion machine? And one of his things that he'd always show people was they had the hang, hand crank on the, uh, on the gasoline engines, and it killed a bunch of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally. And, and those that didn't kill were seriously maimed for the rest of their life. Electric, no problem. No injuries, no explosions. 
Yeah, somehow it didn't catch on, but electric cars are making a comeback, and it's yeah. uh, it's amazing how technology mo- moves on. I never have to get smogged. <laughs> yeah, right. Never have to. Drop oh, a V eight nice. in that bad boy. They will never know. That's that's actually true. Yeah. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Well, did you know that the new thing? Uh, did you see that they're starting to do portable smog stations now? Yeah. Th- they got my buddy oh, on yeah. um, La Mirada Boulevard. Oh. They set up a portable smog station. What? Do spot checks? Yeah. yeah. No way. From what oh I God. understand, they're yeah. really easy to beat, though, if you get a ticket. Well, he, he I would was, hope so. Yeah. He was driving a Honda, uh, Honda 2000, <laughs> and it's um, and he he's got uh, he's got a couple tuner cars that he's been working on. Yeah. And he, he used to work for um, Toyota. Now he runs his own shop or whatever. And yeah, he goes, yeah, just driving down La Mirada and you. And he goes, they they just there was a line <laughs> and they pointed and they pulled me out. Obviously because I was driving a Honda 2000, they go they smogged me right there. They spot checked me and I failed. Oh, wow. God. And uh, I was I, and he goes, I was due for a smog. Huh. And he goes, and they and they popped me, and done deal, got a ticket. We'll fix like, a ticket. Yeah, fix a ticket for a smog. I was like, what? Well, yeah, you know, so that's when you come uh, when you come into California now from Nevada, um, the D- uh, CHP has a check station for trucks, and it's California Air Resources Board, and they check every truck that comes into the state of California, and if you're not a compliant vehicle, you even if you're making a delivery California, or something, or too bad. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, so what's gonna what happens is uh, a friend of mine who works at the uh, Freightliner dealership in Las Vegas. I said, you know, Mike, what you guys need to do is set up a, a rental uh, a truck rental place right there. So they got a non-compliant truck, pull it over, hook it up to one of your compliant trucks, and then off they go. That's actually pretty brilliant. Yep. <laughs> well, it, it's probably going to happen. But we've spent, I don't know how many million dollars on this really fancy uh, checkpoint. Uh, the funny part is, is the roads still aren't paved. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. For what, though? That's what I'm saying. Like, what is the point? Yeah. You know what I mean? If, if you're making a delivery in California, you're going to drive in, drive out. What? Is there some magic wall keeping the air from Arizona out of California? It's, <laughs> it's so stupid. Apparently you know? our it's legislators just... believe that. <laughs> well, the, the smugness keeps it out. Oh, right. there that yeah. is. Yeah. Thank, thanks for that. That air never comes to Orange County. <laughs> just, uh, this pleb air. Yeah, the, the interesting thing with those rolling smog stations is um, I know of somebody who got popped by one of those driving an old Porsche. And everybody, mm. is, you know, the, the smog thing in California is... It's if it's pronounced 70- Porsche in America. Right. <laughs> uh, 75 and older is everybody thinks they don't have to pass smog. That's not true. They don't have to be tested, but you're still not allowed to modify the car. Like, technically, you know, my car here, technically, if, if a referee or somebody wanted to smog it, they could smog it. And I would have to pass... All the original equipment has to be on the car. So this guy was driving his old Porsche, 71 Porsche, down the freeway, and a smog referee just so happened to be driving and pu- and pulled him over, as I guess they're they're able to do. And I don't know all the specifics, but he got this long laundry list of stuff he had to do on that car, and he fought it, and he fought it, and he fought it, and it stuck. And it wasn't even a rolling smog station, so that was kind of a different, but he had to put that car back to how it was from the factory, but with its obsolete mechanical fuel injection that they oh. haven't made in ages, the Bosch old-style fuel injection. And he spent a fortune, and he wasn't, you know, he can't sell it, you know, and it's, it's his car. Well, you'd have, he to, want you'd to. have to probably sell it out of state. Out of state. Yeah. That's yeah. your only chance. And he didn't want to, and he spent a fortune getting oh that car. God. A car that was not even, well, he didn't even have a hot rod. It was a restored old Porsche, but he had carbureted it because it's easier, and it's right. just, well, it was a nightmare. Have you guys uh, been reading up on this Assembly Bill 350 that's uh, 
before the assembly right now. Is that the one that allows, it might be a different one, the one that allows you to pay an abatement fee if your car doesn't pass, or is that something different? No, this one is um, anything that's going to be over 10 years old, mm -hmm. you're going to have to pay um, um, per mile um, a, a, a above and beyond your registration fee, you're going to have to pay uh, per mile over a certain amount of miles. Uh, depending on how old the vehicle is. At 10 years, um, you'll only be able to drive it uh, maybe 8,000 miles. At 12 years, you can drive it maybe 6,000 miles. At 14 years, and it goes, and if wow. you drive over that allotted amount of miles, you pay per mile. Unbelievable. That's what Japan does right well, now. Well, that's what somebody was just saying that on the radio. I was listening to John and Ken. They were talking about it the other day. And um, that Japan, apparently, you can't even own a car after yeah. you have so many miles on the odometer. Yeah, I think it's only like 200,000 kilometers or something yeah. like that, which isn't, you know, it's what, a 120 lot. or something miles. Um, right. And that's part of why this recent change in California with um, where you can now import cars that are 25 years old or older under gray market, why now there's this flood of like these 25-year-old Skylines and Japanese domestic cars that, that in Japan they've been kind of hiding. Yeah. They haven't been able to drive them or register them. They've been hiding them in garages, literally. And now all of a sudden they can sell them because they couldn't sell them in Japan. And they didn't want to have them, you know, crushed or whatever. What about, like, if I bought a Mustang with a Skyline engine? Oh, then you'd have to go drifting. Could I, could I drift in that? <laughs> yeah, you okay, could. Okay, just yeah. making sure. <laughs> yeah, you could definitely do that. It's a movie reference. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all, um, there's a lot of, it's, as, as somebody who's a car, an old car, specifically enthusiast, there's always these bills and all this stuff that's always... There's always some of them are just rumors. Some of them are actual things that have been voted on, and there's some frightening stuff. It's just like being a gun owner to circle it back around to that. Is there's at the end of the day you kind of realize like yeah, there's enough of us where they're probably not going to do that real bad nightmare scenario. Uh -huh. But in the back of your head, you're always like, man, what if though? But see, that's uh -huh. I'm sure car owners are just like gun owners, and whenever I think about you know something's going to happen with guns. I always go, you know what? There's some brilliant doctor out there or lawyer or whatever that likes guns just as much as I do. That's mm -hmm. right. And he's going to figure out a way to fix this problem, and then I won't have to worry about it anymore. You can only hope. Yeah, well, there's ways. I mean, there's so many, like, stupid rules out there. Like, there's one where you can't, in California, you can't have a magazine that has over 10 rounds, right? Unless it was purchased before 94? I think mm. 92? I think, yeah, it's 92, I think. I think 92. So this magazine has to be purchased before 92, right? Okay, well, they don't put serial numbers on magazines. Mm -hmm. So you could literally buy one and just tell the cop, no, it's purchased in 91. And there's nothing right. they can do to prove it. But right. you wouldn't know that. Right. You know what I mean? Unless somebody smarter than you figured it out. Right. <laughs> you got to be kind of like in the know with the stuff. Like, A, somebody's got to figure it out. Then B, somebody's got to tell you. Yeah. But the same thing with the magazines, with the 30-round magazines. They're illegal in California. But if you disassemble it, it's three pieces. Mm -hmm. It's a plastic it's four case. Pieces. Oh, yeah, you're right. It's, it's the plastic case. It's the little plastic piece on the top, the spring, and then the bottom plate that, mm -hmm. that holds everything together. So, okay, I slide off the bottom plate and I take the spring out. And now I can legally transport it and own it. And <laughs> then I just considered a rebuild kit. Yeah. Oh, cool. So then they I just, sell them at gun shows. Yeah. So all I do is put the spring back in, slide. It takes 10 seconds. I put the spring back in. I slide the little plate on the bottom. Now it's illegal. And I, can, <laughs> and I can't own it. It's it's so dumb. It's just. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's our. <laughs> unfortunately, it's our legislative process. Yep. And we have people writing laws that um, 
have never fired a gun, but they're writing laws about it. Yep. yep. And you have people that um, really don't even understand uh, what it takes to to operate it. They're writing the legislation. It's so we we get to ourselves to the point like when you read the law, you think, did they ever own a gun? Did they ever? Fu-? No, they haven't. Yeah. Then that's the answer. And. It, Unfortunately, that's uh, where our legislative process is. Uh, we have a ghost gun <laughs> <laughs> capable of firing 30 rounds a second. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's one post that I saw. I don't know if you guys know who Colin Noir is. Um, he's, this, uh, he's this black guy that works for the NRA, and he's kind of like the face of the NRA right now. Popular hip guy, loves guns, but I follow him on Facebook and Instagram. And he posted this thing where an actual post from some lady on Instagram that's for like some gun rights thing and she goes AK47 stands for automatic killer 47 rounds a minute <laughs> is what she said AK47 stood for oh okay and Colin like screenshotted it and saved it and he's like this is what I have to deal with on a regular basis that's like, ridiculous I have to tell people that, that no that's not what it stands like you know, or when somebody says AR, it stands for automatic rifle. It's like, no, it doesn't. It stands for Armalite, but that's a different story. You know, and people don't know that. Like, and they're just like, well, AR, it's an automatic rifle, 15 rounds a second. It's like, no, that's not true. Like, you're an idiot. Like, why are you talking to me right now? And you're right. It's just a misunderstanding. But like my gun, my, my FN, um, legally, it cannot be sold in California, but legally it can be owned. Right now, so what they so what they had to do to sell it to me was go to Arizona. No, they had to um, they had to put what's called a single shot. It's called single shot exempt um, SSE, and basically it's a way for gun stores to sell you guns that you can't own that that they can't sell but you can own if that makes sense. So they put this extra long barrel in it, and what this barrel does is when you shoot it, um, the barrel causes the slide to lock back. So you can only shoot one round at a time and you have to recock it every time. Mm-hmm. And um, you're also only supposed to be able to load one bullet in. They put what's called a mag block in it. I should call that the Barney Fife. Uh, oh, it's right stupid down. as shit. <laughs> so, so this is what, so my buddy, my buddy actually owned the gun shop that I bought my FN at. And he goes, I'm like, are you sure this is legal? And he goes, Jake, why are you scared? It's absolutely legal. He goes, I just can't sell it to you like like it is you can own it all day i just can't sell it to you so they sold me the single shot exempt i go out to my car i take the slide off i slide out the stupid barrel i put the stock barrel back in and i take out the mag block and i put the mag in and i take those two things back to him and i go here you go and he goes all right here's your 40 dollars deposit back for the barrel and have a great day <laughs> nothing to it and that's and but that's what that's what's so stupid that's all they have to do to sell it to me and it literally took me two minutes to make it factory again and that's that. You know, um, it takes years to write a law oh, yeah. and only minutes for people to figure out a way around All day. <laughs> yeah, every time you tell telling these stories, it reminds me of something in the car world. Like, for example, like the new Ford uh, GT350, the, the, you know, the hot Mustang. Um, they have a separate key in a couple car- The Bugatti was the first one. This is the Bugatti Veyron's first one to do it, where there's a separate key you put in, in like the door sill or somewhere else, where it now it's in race-only mode. And it doesn't pass smog. It doesn't pass any sound laws. Everything just becomes full how they designed it to be. It bypasses the catalytic converter because there's a little cutout on the exhaust. All kinds of stuff. And it comes that way. But you can't use the key if you're on the street. 
you know yeah. i'm doing air quotes if you're listening to this yeah but uh, you know and it's this, it's very very similar to what you're saying it's it it's p- totally not the spirit of it but you know somebody figured it out like you said probably took ford when they decided oh man this car is capable of all this horsepower but i has to pass smog so it can only do this oh well why don't we just have a key that you turn and it bypasses it turns everything on okay cool let's do that yeah and that's the whole gun i mean the gun world is a trip because the gun world everybody thinks they're all like ignorant like oh Mm -hmm. i'll shoot guns and it's like no like there's a lot of brilliant people out there that love to shoot and like those are the ones that are figuring out you know what i mean like these stupid yeah these stupid rules about it or whatever and there's like the rules like because i have residency in arizona so i can buy guns in arizona and then there's like some stupid rule where I can buy a gun that you can't sell in California because guns have to be California compliant, just like cars. Mm-hmm. So a gun that you buy in California is com- almost com- could be completely different from a gun you buy in Arizona from the same company, same model, same brand. Right. right? So um, I can legally buy guns in Arizona, legally purchase a gun in Arizona as long as I bring it to California and then I re-register it in this state. There's nothing against registering in the state. You just can't buy it in the state. Oh my God, that's ridiculous. And that and that was the problem with Colt. <laughs> the stupidest because thing I've ever heard. There was a while, <laughs> I, I think you can buy them now, but there was a while where you couldn't buy Colt's, the brand Colt. Yeah. You couldn't buy them in California. And that was because Colt goes, wait a minute, we're Colt. We're the oldest manufacturer in America of guns. We make safe guns. We make reliable guns. But you want us to do all this crap to them so you can sell them in California. It should be California compliant. Yeah, that's going to cost us money. So they just said, fuck you, California. <laughs> and they just they sell their guns to every state but California. Yeah. And probably New York. But um, but now I think that's gone now. I think you can buy new Colts in California. But that's why Colts were so sought after in California. You'd go to a gun store and they'd be four or five grand right. for a gun that you could get for $800 in Arizona. But you couldn't buy them in California. So they were these hot item commodities. Yeah, I think Colt was the ones who, at the beginning of this year, last year, I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, wasn't there briefly a law that bullets all had to have serial numbers on them? Yeah. And that yeah. quickly yeah, got... It was never a law. They were they trying tried. real they hard. Were, they got they real it. close. No, to it, was, yeah. it, was, it, was, uh, it was It was. before the Congress. Yeah. It, it never got passed. Yeah, it, but... It's not workable. What it, what it did was cause a run on... All ammunition. the gun stores. Yeah. Ammunition yeah. was Ghosted. impossible to find. Yeah. Yeah. Ghosted. I had people calling me that lived in Nevada. Oh, do you think you could go by Bass Outdoor and see if they have these? <laughs> they, they don't. What? I would just tell people they don't. Yes. Yeah, they don't. Nice. Somebody I know started making bullets in their garage when that happened. And it turns out they're very easy to make if yeah. you have yeah. the stuff oh, yeah. to do it. Super and easy. And he sells them for... It's how? actually really... A good idea if if you're an avid like target shooter. Yeah, it depends. It depends kind of what round you're using too, right? Like, yeah, I mean, you can only do it a certain amount of times, but you save a boatload of money. Yeah. Well, unless you're this person goes to the shooting ranges and sweeps up the shells and the puts brass. in new firing. Yeah. But that's that's sketch though, because you don't know how many times that brass has been used. Yeah. yeah. My 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 wife's grandfather does it. He get every time I go out there, he gives me a couple boxes of ammo. Yeah. He's like, here you go. I'm like, thanks. Yeah. Some of the stuff, it's, and, and he even made, because my wife likes to shoot my AR, but it's a little too much kick for her, so he even made lighter load. Yeah, right. That's two, a, lighter load that's two, two, nice three rounds for her to shoot. That's so cool. She, so she can still shoot it, but it's not like a boom, it's like a... Yeah, he makes heavier loads, like where you're like shooting like a 9 millimeter. normally it's super easy. Blows it out of your hand. you're like, good lord. That was, yeah. It's blow the gun up someday. You could buy, I have a... I have a Smith and Wesson 38 Special that actually was a cop issue gun, 
and um, you can buy cowboy loads for it. Yeah. Right? So I was mm-hmm. at the gun store one time. This is when I was just getting into guns because this was handed down to me. So I was like, he's like, you got want cowboy loads or regular loads? It's like, fuck yeah, I want cowboy loads. <laughs> I didn't even know what they were, right? <laughs> well, they're like they're like for like quick draw target shooting because mm-hmm. there's no recoil on them. Oh. So I was at the shooting range, and this is how I thought all 38 rounds were. So I shot off like 200 rounds of this 38 cowboy load, and it was literally like... So then I went and bought some actual 38 rounds. I was like, oh, like, boom. I was like, oh, shit. I was like, oh, okay. So that's the, yeah. <laughs> that's what's going on there. <laughs> but it's the same thing with um, with uh, uh, Magnum 22 rounds. Our buddy owns a ranch out in Norco, and we, were, we shoot the 22s out there all the time because it's a massive piece of property. He's got varmint problem out there with squirrels and stuff. They bother um, their chickens and stuff. So yeah, we, we go out there all the time. We shoot the 22s. It sounds like a, like a small firecracker going off when you shoot 22. Right. Well, mm-hmm. well, and we, you don't wear, you don't need earplugs or anything when you're shooting 22s. It's just fun. So we decided to try out uh, Magnum rounds, Magnum 20. Have you ever shot a Magnum 22 round? Yeah. Dude, none of us were hearing earplugs or anything. I shoot it. <laughs> sound like a 45 going off, dude. Mm-hmm. Boom. Our, all of our ears are ringing. The cops show up at the gate. The cops are like, what are you doing? And we told them straight up. We're like, oh, we're out here with our 22s. We got some varmint problems. They're like, okay, cool. Like, whatever round you just shot, though. Like, <laughs> Don't do it again. Well, the neighbors called. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, whatever you guys were shooting that was loud, they're like, just don't do that again. But, like, if you guys got a varmint issue, like, go on with your lives. It was actually, yeah. the cops out there were really cool. Yeah. And they were using, like, the small 22 varmint shot. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? It's like a s- small shotgun spray. Oh, that sounds cool. Dude, these BBs are the size of... I couldn't even think of an example. They're, t- they're tiny. They're, they're absolutely tiny, tiny BBs all packed in this little 22 round. And you shoot it, and it's got like a three-foot spray of like, <laughs> of like, like a shotgun blast. But sm- those things are a blast. But yeah. You know what's interesting? You talk about that stuff. And you go back around the Revolutionary War where they were loading balls and muskets. Yeah, and... Those rifles were so inaccurate that really, from here to that house, from a hundred feet, um, you'd be you have like a pretty good like, shot yeah. if you could hit what you were shooting at. Yeah. And but most of the time, the reason that they lined up in lines was you'd fire at about chest height at what you think you're going to hit, and you'd hit something three feet to the right or three feet to the left, and maybe it's another soldier you take them off. But those. Uh, guns were so inaccurate and i remember reading an account of a uh, a revolutionary war battle where it had rained and everybody's powder was wet they couldn't get a gun to fire it was all hand-to-hand oh my gosh combat Mm -hmm. you know and it was bayonets and good luck because this stuff ain't firing Uh, you think how far it's come Back then, I mean, before they even figured out how to rifle, you know, I think it was a, sharps. a rifle barrel. I think Sharps was the first one that did rifle into the barrels. Yeah, but then otherwise it was just this ball coming out of a thing. And blow, like try blowing a Good spitball. luck. So yeah. It is. Blow a spitball really hard and see, like, if you can. <laughs> well, it's it's really similar to anybody who's ever played, like, paintball in the old days. Right. You know, and you shoot here, from here. And, yeah, I'll probably hit from here. And I'm, for people to sound about 10 feet away. But if I'm over there, I'm not going to hit you with old-timey, like, 80s or early 90s yeah, it's paintball it's going to take five or six shots to yeah. hit one. Nowadays, you could, because they've done all the same stuff, the rifling and the barrels and the paintballs themselves have gotten better. But when I played when I was, like, eight years old, it was like, good luck. even the really good people, 
you know, you had to really be good to now hit you somebody. Can, now you can tag a guy at a mile if you got the right gun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know about paintball, but yeah. No, no, I'm talking about I'm talking about real guns. But like, um, well, there was a, they, they say that if you stand at a mile for, away from like someone that's shooting a 50 cal and they shoot at you and that bullet comes in with like a foot of your arm mm-hmm. that it's going to rip your arm off because there's so much velocity. Yeah, the shockwave. Behind that bullet that it'll literally tear your arm off. That's what I was, I was explaining this to my wife the other night because we were watching um, Mythbusters and they were doing a gun. And they were shooting it in the water? Uh, no, this was uh, a recent one where they did the high-speed camera footage at 70,000 frames a second of a gunfire. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's it's not the projectile that kills you. It's the shockwave that does all the damage. Mm-hmm. Like, the projectile can go in and out of you, no problem, but it's the shockwave behind it that does all the damage. And yep. they, I pulled up a shot of um, somebody firing a bullet into a, a brick of ballistics gel. It, in slow motion and you can see that you know the bullet come in and then it just goes and cavitates to this like one foot wide bubble inside of this block of gel well it was like a, to, the, to the Mythbusters where they were shooting in the water mm-hmm. because they wanted to prove that in movies when they're shooting at the water you see the bullets going 30 40 feet deep so they set up a 50 cal and it was like three feet from the water mm-hmm. and they shot the water and the bullet went like a foot maybe yeah. but the splash from the shock way of hitting that water, the splash was like, boosh, like mm-hmm. the water blew everywhere. Yeah, it's a trip, man. That's the science behind it, too. It's well, that's, they also did the one where you're shooting fish in a barrel, and what kills it is that the shock, shock wave. Yeah, it's, it's like shock fishing wave. with dynamite. Yeah. You light off a stick of dynamite in a lake, it's the shock wave that kills all the fish, not the explosion. Or if you live in Elsinore, it's just the heat in August. It's the diapers that are floating in the lake (laughs) if you live in Elsinore. You go go to Lake Paris, it's all the diapers and beer cans. That's that's what's killing the fish. That's the truth. All right, guys. I think I'm going to call it on that one. Sweet. So, um, Guy, thanks for coming out. Hey, thanks for having me. I love it, man. I kind of want to have you on again. I'm sure there's a shitload we didn't talk about. (laughs) This is brilliant. We'll have to pick out a a specific subject. Oh, yeah, and talk about it. I would (laughs) love to. Um, Anyways, thanks, guys, for listening. Um, We hope you liked it. Uh, Guy was the guest tonight. Um, Whiskey Babble, uh, audibletrial.com slash whiskey babble. Go there. Over 180,000 titles. You guys can go to uh, Mamooch, B-J-J, that's M-A-M-U-T-E-B-J-J.com. Uh, tell them Whiskey Babble sent you. You get a week free to try it out. You can do at Whiskey Babble on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Whiskey Babble, YouTube.com slash Whiskey Babble, WhiskeyBabble.com. You guys can also find us on iTunes and on Stitcher. Um, so give us a listen. Give us a follow if you have the chance. And um, you're going to write me a note. No, I was gonna say you should write all that stuff down. <laughs> we we used to, but then like I don't know. I think it, I think it got lost somewhere. I was gonna say, where well, we read your notes? <laughs> down here. Um, so we thank you guys for listening. That was a, a great episode. I like this yeah, one was, a lot. It was a good one. <laughs> what? It was a good one. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Definitely. Good. So um, thank you guys all for listening. Thank you again, guy, yeah, for being here. You. Give me another handshake. Yeah, I'll be there again. Yeah, of course. And uh, everybody have we a great need night. More whiskey though. <laughs> whiskey babble out. <laughs>